Will I ever quit YouTube? There will eventually come a point, hypothetically, where my audience is so low that I no longer consider it rewarding to make content. Since becoming successful, I've only had one time where it looked like things were going shit for me. And it didn't take it particularly well. Because I value this so much, any evidence that things are, you know, going downhill uh, scares me, you know. But obviously, as time goes on and I develop more knowledge, understanding, skill in regards to YouTube, uh, there's less luck involved in what I'm doing. And therefore, I can be more secure in my future. Like at this point in time, I don't really think I can fail outside of like quitting myself or some monumental change in legislation or YouTube itself. I can only like go down a bit or up a bit, you know. I get what I need to make to have at least some portion of people want to watch me. And it just becomes a question of, can I go higher than what I'm doing now? Or will I inevitably just, uh, you know, peter out over time? When was that? Uh, I, uh, I don't know. It, uh, actually, I can probably find it. I can find it because I know Smallant sent me, a, sent me a nice message. So it was October 1st, 2020. It was like January. February, a little bit lower, but I'm, I'm in the 5 million, 6 million, 8 million, 7 million, 8 million. Oh no. What happened? Ah, no. It's the first time I've really gone down a lot. And ah, oh, gone down again. Ah, oh, shit. Oh no. I'm done for, chat. Little boy Dark Viper AU is going nowhere. He's going to the poor house. Ah. <laughs> like, it, it is funny that that's the time that I was freaking out. And then just, what? <laughs> you know. And even though I'm no longer up here, you know, I'm, I'm sticking with this between 18 million kind of, uh, and 15 million kind of range. Do I get scared of the future? Oh, absolutely. I have a very negative view of the future. I'm just one of those people. It's why I try to, uh, close myself off from it a bit. Just focus on my work and, uh, not worry about things that I can't change. What is a waste of time? Do you think reading unpopular books philosophy is a waste of time? How are you how are you defining waste of time? As in like, whether something is a waste of time, I guess depends on the person and what your goals are. You know, whether something's a waste of time is just you know relative to the goals that you have. You know, so like sitting and doing nothing, you could call that a waste of time, until it's related to the goal of relaxing in order to recharge or something. And it's like, well, yeah. You're feeling emotionally overwhelmed, just chilling and doing nothing is a probably a good move. You can even you can even call it practical. Because if you're feeling overwhelmed and burned out, jumping into something new is probably not a good thing for you. You're just not gonna perform as well in the thing that matters. And you could just make matters worse for yourself. A viewer responds, everything is basically a waste of time. The modern world is based around so many social constructs that truly mean nothing. Anyone would be better off not living. None of that made sense. That is like the dumbest fucking sentence I've ever read. And if you sincerely believe that, you're a fucking moron. Harsh criticism here. How? Because there's not an objective definition of waste of time. You are subjectively defining waste of time in a particular way that what you're saying is true, but only in regards to that really fucking stupid definition. Like if I said um, anything that isn't like juggling donuts, is a waste of time, and therefore all of society doesn't matter. Like, and it should that be true by that definition, but it's a fucking stupid definition. And acting as those social constructs don't matter for like, 
Like, we are social creatures. We exist in a society. We construct meaning. Meaning isn't inherent to things, you know? Wealth, IQ, and the influence of social environments. I found out a lot of people hang out with people stupider than themselves just to feel better about themselves. Pretty pathetic. Wouldn't you want people around you that are smarter than you so you could be smarter? Maybe an L on my end. That goes against how I've learned that people tend to be. People tend to be around people like themselves. Certainly it's possible for, you know, there's obviously going to be some range. It's not like you can find clones of yourself or whatever. But in general, you know, people who are similar tend to go to the same places, work in the same places, you know, hang out the same places, uh, have the same... You know. In your day-to-day -day life, based on what you do, you should traditionally find more people around you who are like yourself, you know? And if you want to assume that your level of intelligence influences, by, by whatever definition, influences the things you tend to do in society, then you should expect that, on average, people will end up being around those who are on around the same level of their intelligence. So like, if you need a certain level of intelligence to be in a certain career, then obviously your workmates are gonna be around your same kind of intelligence, right? If people with higher intelligence do certain hobbies more on average, then those people in those hobbies will have a, a, a closer level of intelligence than the general population. And then the same at the bottom level as well. I mean, you did say that some people, so I'm sure there are some people out there who do hang around or intentionally so find people who they consider less intelligent than, than themselves, but I don't think that's normal or common. I mean, I, I have no idea how to assess that, but I, I've, I, it's not something I've run into in my life, so I, you know. To be fair, rich people tend to be slightly high IQ. I fucking hate IQ. Because IQ is never meant to be a representation of, um, of intelligence or every aspect of intelligence or whatever, but it's just it's kind of just become that way because it's, it's a simple number. People like things to be easily quantifiable. Well, I mean, rich people, compared to the general population, will be more likely to um, not be malnourished, for example. Will be more likely to have uh, parents who have um, good habits in regards to education and development of your brain and stuff early in life. More than this, some jobs that do give you a very high salary, like say engineer and doctor and stuff, these people are more likely to meet and of course uh, have children with people within the same field. People who end up in these these fields or whatever, um, assuming they have better genetics than the general population, uh, that lead to inter higher intelligence, then they're more likely to pass them on to their children. So you can, you can see a few reasons why you'd assume that people who are rich will tend to be more intelligent. But certainly, there are many rich people who are really fucking dumb. Just statistically speaking, there will be some people who can do one thing really well that doesn't necessarily require intelligence and that can lead them to becoming quite wealthy. Or if enough people are trying to get wealthy, then statistically some people are just going to very much so luck into it more than the normal amount of luck that you need. Or there's going to be people who, like their parents were very wealthy and maybe they were intelligent, uh, but their children less so and they passed on all that money. So the kids are wealthy but not as intelligent, sort of thing, you know. A tendency is never an absolute. And pointing that out, I'm sure you, I'm sure everyone's like, well, obviously, man, I'm like, yeah, I know, but you know. 
The original IQ test was just designed to, what was it, um, measure your likelihood of doing well in higher education. And it certainly wasn't perfect. It was just like a suggestion as to, you know, whether that's something you're likely to excel at. And that was about it. Certainly there are other tests of different ideas of intelligence that exist. And potentially the test has been refined, but it's not a be-all and end-all of uh, people's mental capabilities. It's not a useless test, it, as, as is the case with most, you know, research or tests or whatever. Um, used appropriately, they can be useful. Used inappropriately, they can be even worse than useless, they can be harmful. Social groups tend to network with like-minded people in both sides of the wealth gap. It's a disproportionate advantage in, to some over others, which is unfortunate. It's not what you know, it's who. Who you know also influences what you know. That is almost as much a problem as like nepotism existing from who you know. Because the places where like people are talking about the cutting edge or potential opportunities for wealth or whatever it's in the upper echelons of society if you're in a family and it's one of the differences with um uh, private schools and public schools for example uh, i was reading uh, about this in my psych textbooks where um some public schools expect that kids are going to go into you know trades and stuff not necessarily going into university um, while in private it's assumed that you're going to go into politics or higher education or whatever so what what is taught how, how people are influenced by teachers and stuff, it differs. The information you're given differs. If you come from a family of successful people, more than likely you're also going to be around other successful people who will give you um, either intentionally or just what was the word, through osmosis or whatever, you'll pick up information that's going to help you throughout life. You can mimic behaviors and stuff that people are doing around you that lead to success. If you're surrounded every day by people who aren't currently successful, Either you're going to inadvertently pick up habits that potentially will cause you to also be unsuccessful or you will simply be unaware of certain knowledge that can lead you to be successful. And success in this case, not necessarily just financial, I mean in every domain, you know. Your environment shapes how, like, how intelligently you can act in any situation, how readily you can um, seek and achieve your goals. If your environment doesn't suggest to you that knowledge exists of value to the degree that you can know to seek it out, or if your environment doesn't just give you that knowledge outright, then you're screwed. You're just going to be wandering around aimlessly, not knowing where to go because you just don't have the information in your environment to, to make something yourself, you know? It's, it's a terrible explanation. I don't know why, why I'm fucking talking. Can Rockstar fix the remaster, and can they still make good content? Do you think that Rockstar can fix the GT Trilogy remaster? Funnily enough, that's gonna be a, uh, this one of the topics in the, in the rambles that's coming out today. Long story short, they can fix bugs, but they can't make it good, because the remaster's bad. Sean will also fix it? Yeah, but the problem is, it, it's, it's not fixing that it needs. It needs a, a remake, or a more serious remaster. This remaster was a mobile port that was tinkered with. It's not good enough. It's like you've got a really shit table that has both been made out of terrible wood, but also been badly designed. You can tinker with it, you can wax it, you can shine it, you can 
buff it down or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's still a table made out of shit wood. All that it has going for it is that the base game is good. And therefore, the remaster will always be at least playable because the base game was playable and good, you know? It's really shit how a lot of well-known studios put out games that are unfinished just because the execs need to push their payday at the end of the year. It annoys me how little consequences there seems to be for um, bad decisions on the upper levels. What's that, uh, that recent thing with Blizzard and that Bobby Kotick or whatever his name is? Seems to be an absolute shithead, made tons of terrible decisions and uh, essentially abused people himself or at least um, was knowing, uh, knowledgeable about it and uh, did nothing about it for years. And he's still in their position, you know? Like he's done everything bad, seemingly possible, but he's still kept the position that he that he had and still has. Do you think the GTA franchise is dead or will be bad now that so many of the OGs have left? While it is true that just having money doesn't mean you're gonna make a great product, I think that Rockstar has enough money and enough time that whatever they release in the future will be good to someone. And I don't mean like the definitive edition or that shit, because that wasn't really made by Rockstar. What do I think about the leaks for Bully 2? As I've said before, I talked to a guy from Rockstar back in 2019, the one conversation I've ever had from a guy who worked at Rockstar. Then he worked in the media side, and he said that there had been some playable thing of Bully 2 kicking around the office or whatever. But I think he might have been expect. I think he might have been speculating a bit, but he was basically saying that in, in his view it was dead at that point, that that they couldn't get it to work, they couldn't be happy with what they were making. But that was two years ago, you know. So maybe they've finally found something that that works for them, an idea that they can run with. And if that's the case, then sure, man, I guess Bully Two coming, you know. The worst GTA Five YouTube channels. Like, the YouTube channel I hate the most is all the mad channels. Mad Carl, Mad Trevor, uh, Mad Franklin. They're all complete trash. They work to misrepresent mods as uh, real content. So there's this really egregious mod where it shows um, Floyd and Deborah dead in their apartments. But in the real game, they're not there. Like, if you clip into... Floyd's apartment after Trevor attacks them or whatever. Um, there's nothing in there. But this dude mods it into the game and then uses a simple trainer to clip into the through the walls. And and people are like, oh wow, that's really cool that Rockstar left that in the game. Da da da. But in actual fact it's just a mod. And he has many, many videos like this. Finding the Megalodon shark in GTA 5, and it's just a mod. I hate this garbage. But this stuff is ridiculously popular. Ridiculously popular. Like, these channels are getting tens of millions of views a month. Fiction, especially when it's, like, packaged it as truth, can be very interesting to people. Because it's a true mystery as opposed to just some bullshit that someone made up. As in, if you limit yourself to what is true, eventually you're going to run out of interesting stuff. But if you just allow yourself to make fake bullshit, then the, the sky's the limit, right? My ideas for characters in GTA 6. Now, it, what would be interesting for GTA 6 is if um, the relationship of Dave and Michael is done with two different characters. Where one cop gives the criminal information so that he can steal good stuff and avoid the cops. And uh, the criminal gives the cop information so that he can pick up other competing criminals. 
some missions, you'd be the cop character chasing down criminals. In the other case, you'd be the, uh, the criminal doing the heists or whatever, or gathering information on the other criminals. Probably be a very fun game. No, he'd be a dirty cop. You understand? That's the point. He's a, he's, he's a dirty cop. So he's a criminal who's a cop. Do game developers like speedrunners? There's a series going on right now where they get the developers to react to the speedruns. And a lot of them seem like, oh man, this is so cool. But I mean, you'd imagine the people who are willing to do those kind of episodes are people who are, you know, who like speedrunners or whatever. The people who hate them are probably less willing to do those kind of series. But you can see why a dev might not like a speedrunner because a speedrunner showcases the flaws. More than that though, uh, speedrunners tend to complain. It's hard to imagine a person who worked on coding GTA 5, like loving sitting in my stream and listening to me bitch about <laughs> the code and shit. Even when I'm bitching, I often try to qualify like, yeah, this game is still amazing. It's so, so good that, oh my God, I wish this wasn't programmed this way. <laughs> and besides, as I've gone on in playing the game, like it becomes more and more obvious that what you once thought of as completely random, you know, you begin to understand Oh, you know, actually I was at fault there, or... Once you understand the underlying mechanics, it removes the RNG and da-da-da. There can still be things that you hate, but the more you come to know about a game in general, the less you come to complain about. Like, sure, I would love if the rapid-fire bug didn't exist. I would love if switches were consistent for all characters after missions, instead of just the characters who are in the missions. There are t tons of things I would change about the game. I, I can understand why developers would not be super enthusiastic about speedrunners. I think it's mainly smaller game companies who like speedrunners because they bring attention to the game, give it publicity and stuff, you know, where bigger developers don't need that kind of attention. How to contact me and actually get a response. I'm going to give you guys a, uh, a little bit of a life hack here, okay? I have one set of DMs open, and that's my Discord DMs. And I do read all my DMs. But how you get a response from me is to write something that isn't high or wave. And usually my response is an emote. Rip my DMs. Yes, please do not just spam me random shit. Because then I either have to close my DMs or I have to block some people. It's like okay. it pains it me sometimes that uh, people will just send me high. Or the wave with a Discord emote thing. And I'll be like, oh no. Because I have nothing to say to that. I have nothing to say to that. And I'm a busy guy. I'm not going to start a conversation with you. And these people are like, oh man, Dark Viper never saw my message where I said hi. I did see it. I just had nothing to say because you are a random stranger who has just waved at me randomly. You know? Detecting falsehoods without expertise. So as I've gone on in my life and I've gained expertise in certain areas, it's become more obvious to me, more obvious than it was before, that Absent expertise, it is very hard to differentiate between bullshit and actually good advice or stuff with a solid foundation, right? Unless, of course, you're willing to actually do the legwork and do the research yourself. A person who's just giving you information, if you don't have some foundational knowledge already, they can be telling you gobbledygook and, and you'll have no way of knowing. It sucks because you can't be an expert in everything. It's not, pra it's, it's, it's not pragmatic to me. You can't spend all your time researching every minor fucking detail.
Be sure to like the video and subscribe. Also remember, comments are shown to me chronologically for my entire channel, meaning regardless of how old the video, your comment will still be shown to me in my feed. So leave one if you have something on your mind.